Welcome to the latest episode of the Lock In Podcast. We're sat in the Lockhart Tavern just a few days away from opening and it's much more of a hive of activities you'll probably hear in the background. We're going to be looking at some of the challenges we're facing as the industry starts to open up. I'm the Morning Advertiser's Ed Beddington and with me as ever are my stalwart co-hosts James Cuthbertson and Heath Ball. James, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out from your busy golfing day to join us in the podcast this week. Thank you for that. Uh, to be fair, you didn't need to wear the plus fours to this one, or are they, or are they plus eights? I'm sure. I, I, I didn't think they did. Oh, plus dear. size is that big, to be honest. I'm going to shoot plus eight next time we go around. <laughs> Heath, nice to have you with us in person this week. I can only assume that you're down here hiding from the wife. I am indeed. You are. She yeah. was in your kitchen. <laughs> I was going to say, what have you done this time? Well, but, she was uh, in your kitchen. So, and the decking and, and your, oh, on your way of avoiding this discussion is basically to hide in West Sussex, yes? Yes, exactly. Perfect, perfect. This Good. is day one of two years. <laughs> <laughs> Witness prediction. <laughs> the sad thing is she knows where you are. That's the uh, slight drawback there. But anyway, thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast using the links on the homepage so you don't miss an episode. Please like on social and share far and wide as well. We always like new listeners. So as I said earlier, we're in the early stages of getting businesses reopened where we can. And we're actually recording this a few days before opening up on the 12th. So we'll be taking a look at some of the issues we're likely to see in the coming weeks. And also hearing from special guest Chris Jowsey, CEO of Admiral Taverns, on his views around the vaccine passport debate. So let's crack on. Uh, One of the biggest challenges is going to be ensuring staff are up to speed and filling those recruitment holes that will inevitably arise. Um, I mean, Heath, you were talking about this the other day you, I mean what what's your situation on this front well, I think as, you know we've had loads of conversations but we put we put adverts in looking for staff on Indeed and a few other platforms and the level of people applying for the job is, is really poor there's just not there seems to be no one around everybody goes so many people have lost their jobs and all that I think the reality is the good people have kept their jobs the shit people still can't find jobs and a lot of good people went back to their home countries when COVID hit mm-hmm. and Brexit. So we can't find it. We're really struggling in Highgate to find people. Yeah. We're really struggling. Well, it, it wasn't just Brexit, was it? I think there's a lot of people have left because they saw those borders closing yeah. as well. And now they're out there and they're, and they're stuck, aren't they? Yeah. They can't get back. So. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, true. Yeah, yeah. Just coming out for work is really not a good enough excuse, apparently. So. <laughs> <coughs> it's difficult, though, isn't it? We've, we've, we've driven a lot of talent away with our kind of anti foreigner message, I think. Yeah. I just, yeah, I just think, I don't know, I thought there'd be a lot more people looking for work. We thought there'd be a lot more people that maybe would stand up to the employer that laid them off on day one rather than waiting for what the, you know, yeah. the, the, the package was to, you know, furlough effectively. But mm. they seem to have gone, I don't know, a lot of people backtracked on day one of that, but... Um, I mean, uh, yeah, there were, there were some knee-jerk reactions, weren't there, that, um, yeah, but I suppose these days people, you know, a job is a job, isn't it? And we're in an uncertain climate. If I'm going to hang on. Have you have you seen? Um, I mean, in terms of we we had a discussion the other day with um, with some of the MA500 guys around uh, uh, sort of people not wanting to come back. Have you had much of that? Not from our teams. I think I think we're quite lucky that we you know we're not giving them really a choice. It's <laughs> to come back to work and not have a job. Oh, yeah, yeah, furlough stops. Right? Yeah, we just stop furlough. We're opening. Do you know what I mean? But are they are they uh, have you had any just go actually? You know, I don't I don't want. To oh come no, back. no no no! Everyone's everyone's come back. Right. We're really lucky. I'm, I'm um, surprised at that. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> no, we're really lucky. People have come back. I think, you know, the thing is we've, we've, we've supported the team across all four pubs. You know, no one's lost their job. Everyone's been on furlough or worked. Um, we've been really honest with them. But now it's time. There's no time to be, you know, can't be hanging around mm. and waiting for people. So. Mm. 
uh, one, one interesting thing I heard from an operator saying that they'd been throughout this sort of trying to flush any of that out by getting people back in for, for training, regular training sessions and sort of really see keeping in touch. Yeah, see whether they're still engaged. If they're refusing to do that, then red well, flags are going yeah, up. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard mates, I've got a mate who's got a place and a lot of his staff like, just came back and ended notice. Right. Just went, you know, sat on furlough, got offered a job somewhere else, more money, uh, off they went. Yeah. I mean, the, the challenge, you may well find as well, or I don't know whether you, are you anticipate this, that people come back and actually just sort of find, you know what, this is it's not the career. hard work, I don't yeah. want to do it anymore. Yeah, I've got a couple, I think it'll be like that. Yeah. Is it Heath? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's true though, I mean, it is quite a big step to come back in, as much as I have little sympathy for it, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. I've been worked through a lot of lockdown. But, but you think about life has to go on. I know, but I think, like I was saying to you today, James, I said it's almost like opening a pub for the first time. Yeah. All the conversations you're having, have we got all this? Have we got the stock? Yeah. What's the road look like? You know what I mean? You've, you've been stopped for so long. It hasn't been a normal service, even if you've been doing takeaway. And how much money have you had to, we had to drop this week? Uh, on stuff. I mean, fortunes. Yeah, just for proper money. Mm. You know, so it, it feels like you are, like, gearing yeah. up. And then it could be, it could almost, you know, we're all excited in that, but... It, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what numbers we draw next week, you know, well, how much yeah. money we actually make. Of course, in the bills land, don't they? You know, most of we pay on, on presentation, but um, there's still some big numbers to come through, which is a shame because that new grant that's out that launched on the 1st of April, mm. um, it looks like that's going to be weeks before that actually hits. Yeah. I think in earliest probably next week, but it's a shame because it's exactly when you need it. And it's that's the restart. The restart. restart yeah. So yeah. I think that's, you know, 12 or 18. The restart. Yeah, it doesn't like... It could have really been done, but I mean, it... Sounds be nice to have had it before the restart, so enable you to, it, 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 to restart, restart <laughs> to, to restart. But in the, in the real world too, it allowed some operators to pay bills that they hadn't paid before yeah. the third yeah. lockdown, yeah. and then start again with suppliers. You know, so it's not it's not a case of us having the money. The sooner we as soon as we've got it, it's gone. Yeah, it's clearing the but decks, it, it, making it sure you're ready to. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, in other news as well, uh, I saw according to the Portland Group, two-thirds of Brits say the real reason they're looking forward to getting back to the pub is to reunite with uh, loved ones, which is uh, to, nice to going, hear. So we go, oh, going back to the pub for to, loved ones, right, to, okay. to reunite. What, with uh, family and stuff? Yeah, to actually meet oh. family. I know there's an alien concept so like to the man who's hiding from his wife. But, a nation of liars we've become. <laughs> well, I did wonder. I mean, the, the right for me, it, it is the Portman Group that's asking the question. So to be fair... What else are people going to say? You know, they're hardly going to tell the Organisation for Social Responsibility in the drink sector that the real reason they're going is to get smashed off their tits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are you an alcoholic? Are you an alcoholic? Are you an alcoholic? Or D, no. are you looking forward to get back to the pubs with your relatives? Going yeah. for a drink with your mum. Yeah. Yes. I'll take D. Yeah. I'll take D. Um, although more worrying, they also said that 72% of the response said they'd be visiting the pub less often. What? Do you not, uh, you not think that? No, I think no. people are going to be coming more often. Isn't that well, I, 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 I Didn't you do an interview with someone this week who said that um, something about pubs? People, people really appreciate what they lost. What they, their love's there. Like they mm. really, you know. I said to a mate the other day, I said oh, he goes, oh, he owes me a favour. I said, well, just buy me a pint in the shittest pub we can find where our feet stick to the carpet because those are going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it's those pubs that I miss. It, it's the, it's the you know it's the dirty, grimy. Yeah. Pub. I miss that. I miss mm, that yeah. pub culture where you know you just want to sit in the corner and have a beer and and just talk to mates. I miss yeah. that. I mm. just you know those are the pubs I miss. Yeah, 
No. I mean, to be fair, yeah, we're getting surveys coming at us left, right and centre. I mean, there was one, uh, a hygiene one that said four in ten people were worried about coming to the pub, which I kind of thought, well, that means that six out of ten are quite happy with it. Depends how you skew it. Statistics are wise anyway. Are you worried about going to the supermarket? Well, you probably should be, because you've got to drive them over the next You've got people clambering all over you. It's it's an answer. All these things, all these stats when they're talking about COVID today, about the AstraZeneca one, and they're rolling these figures around and statistics and... You know, there's three types of lies. Lies, damn lies, and statistics. I'm sick of statistics. That's what they well, bash I, th- I think what they've done in that is they've got quant- enough, you know, quantity of um, data now to make an informed decision. And we, the fact of the matter, we have the luxury of picking which one people have. So why wouldn't you eliminate it? It's brilliant, really. Uh, yeah. No? I mean, if, 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 if there's a whatever percent, if we can just tweak it to be right, then I think that's cool. But it, the problem is what, what people don't hear that. People hear that everyone's getting blood clots. Yeah, just... That's the, that's I, the problem. I think we should be allowed to choose the risks that we've got. Like, you know what I mean? How long... This government has its way. We're just going to be in lockdown forever. We're going to be under restrictions forever. I can't see that restrictions getting lifted on June 21st. Well, we're going to we're going to talk about that later on. Um, but before we move on, um, probably the prize for uh, most tone deaf press release of the week does have to go to the uh, TV channel Dave which in the week before the pubs were due to reopen launched a competition for people to win a flat pack pub I, it, it's it's to build in their homes like does, does do people really like I, I just can't believe that like talk about late to the party do you know what I mean is just, James going to answer that fact? I don't know what he's doing do you know what I mean it's probably his wife looking for him um, but it's like people launching boxes now for food. It's like I've seen so many operators launching boxes kits. Like, well, what's going on? Do they know something about the, like what's going? Are they speaking the boroughs? I think they you know, know something that you don't. Yeah, people think thinking this. Why are these people launching these boxes? And it is something we're going to touch on later. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to Go keep your power to dry it on that right, one. Obviously, I'm so, the notes. Hey, was that your mum, James? Um, no, just a uh, supplier. Ah, uh, okay, good, good, good. Glad to have you back. But no, just, no, just we're about yeah, to end. Business goes on. It was yeah. his golf course. Just saying, he left his clubs at the golf club. Like I leave my dignity here today. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. listening to the lock in podcast so we are looking at some of the challenges we're, we're going to be facing in the first week or so of opening up i think one of the uh, one of the biggest problems that, that we're seeing uh talking to you Heath, and, and other operators uh, in the industry is the, the confusion and mixed messages that, that that we're getting there seems to be that sort of breakdown between government and local authorities who are on the ground trying to apply these rules i mean particularly around um track and trace mm-hmm. um i mean Heath, you've You've had two different conflicting... Well, no, the, 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 the email I got sent was from the local council for the red line, and it was saying, hospitality fact sheet, all guests must check in via the app, all guests need to provide their name and number, refuse entry, etc., etc. That was one sheet. Then on the next sheet, it's the venue regulations for check-in, you know, the, the more detailed information. Mm. And I go down to this part. Rules for individuals visiting your premises. You're required to make sure that all individuals check in. If it is a group... All members must scan the NHS QR code poster. Otherwise, at least one individual must leave their name and number on behalf of the group. So this is from the same authority yeah. with two separate instructions yeah. on... So like you can, what they really want you to do is they want you to do that, but if you can't do that, do this. We were doing this anyway. Yeah. So why are we making it more complicated? But that's not true, though. That's not correct, though, because you do have to take everyone's details. Yeah, but, he, why, but, but, but at least one individual must leave their name and... This is from the but, this is an NHS poster. 
Is from, it just out of date? And they've just no. This is the one I got sent the other day. Yeah. This is this is the NHS track and trace. That is different to what the government has said. So on on that track and trace system, that you are have to take everyone's details. If you don't take their details, or if they refuse. You deny them entry. You deny them entry. But if, you have they, to... if they, if you don't, and you take the details and you let them in, you're liable for. As far as I understand, we're supposed to do all reasonable measures, and a reasonable measure would be, you could just take one person in the group, and then that's it. That's a reasonable measure. But they want. But to... then you're then you're vulnerable to that fine, aren't you? Because if you've got people in there that haven't given their details, then you are at risk of being fined. Yeah, but they've said here on the NHS track and trace thing. At least one member in the group must give their details. So, not sure how that's going to stand up. Yeah, but they've got a dodgy sent, email from. Right, no, there. no. This is this is the this is this is the proper post. This is the information the government's the sending out. These yeah. are the posters they're sending to hospitality venues. So even the posters are contradicting. Yes, that's what I was trying to say to you. Yeah, Keep yeah, up. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just I'm <laughs> saying, but the government is sticking to this. The government, rigid but honestly, like, seriously, this government. But the thing, what was wrong with it last time? Well, you know, genuinely, still no data, right, about pubs playing a, a, a part in uh, increasing COVID cases. And we checked people in. We used our own checking as well as the, the government checking. We mm. took temperatures. Mm. We were far more thorough. Mm. So back to going that we now can't, you know, we couldn't do takeaway booze in the last, you know, this last yeah. lockdown. Were we at fault? Because let's say it, let's have it out that it wasn't that our system that the pubs put in place to take a lead name and details. Mm. Tell us that didn't work better than the government's COVID mm. check. But you imagine, you imagine busy, busy afternoon, you've got all your bookings, right? They're all coming in the space. You save even space amount. But you, you're coming in and everyone's got a... You've suddenly got a queue of people trying to get into the pub. You've got somebody's grandmother who's there, can't find her iPhone, can't find her glasses, going through a bag. Oh, it's in here somewhere. Well, just give us your telephone number. Let's make this a lot quicker. Oh, dearie me, I don't know what it is. Oh, oh man, how long? You can have a queue of people all in a queue, probably not social distancing. Mm-hmm. Well, You've got to manage the queue. The government's just putting more and more barriers into us just to stop, like to make it so it's just ball like going they, to the pub. They, they haven't thought about this because I, I was, I was Anthony Pender was, of Yummy Pubs was, was talking about this the other day. He had a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Paul Scully, the MP. Oh, yeah. uh, James, you wouldn't know that, but... Um, oh get back to your golf um, but he went to one of his sites and he showed him you know, this, these are the practicalities of the restrictions mm. you're putting in place I'm going to have this is how long it's going to take to check in 80 customers mm. to my site this is how far back the queue is going to go and it was all down the street yeah. across a bus stop outside the chip shop all these things and he's like there'll be no control there'll be no social these people are, no, I mean it's madness you're, you're putting people together you want to be putting people apart yeah. you're then having to go around the table to try and get details, but you can't hear through a mask. You know, but we've said this before when they put on the curfew, they put all these restrictions, all these silly things. It's like they, they sit down and have these meetings, and there's not one person with any sense, I won't say common sense, with any sense to go, really, how's it going to work? Mm. That's why we, you know, not the hospitality minister, we just need somebody with common sense sitting in the room at the meeting going. It, it needs people who understand the pub trade that actually live in the pub trade or, yeah, or go to pubs, yeah. even, would be nice. Um, that that so can well, understand these systems. So you know, we've just not been effective. That's the truth of it. Mm. You know, we seem to we, we capture whenever you hear anyone on the radio, they're always talking about pubs. Yeah. But we haven't had our share of voice in the same way that they're happy to have it on the agenda. Mm. We don't actually get 
quantitative opportunity to feedback no, no. and make change. It's been really poor. It's sort of anecdotal. I, I think those that, that, that are the influence need to look at themselves because how would they rate themselves in terms of what they've done for us? Because this is just another stupid decision that either, you know, let's have it out that the government aren't listening or have it out that we've not been effective as a group. But we're a bloody big group and a huge employer. It's one or the other, right? Mm. It's got to be. But it's been really poor. I mean, the, the other problem as well is, is that how these restrictions and rules are being translated so I mean that the confusion that you flagged there Heath is one thing but we're also seeing local authorities that don't understand what the rules are they they clearly haven't read them yet they're telling pubs what I mean we've had operators say no I've I've had to explain to my local authority that they're wrong and here in black and white is what the government is saying now why the local authorities can't read the rules yeah, but it's, but it's like the Bible, isn't it? Everyone interprets it differently. All the local councils. Well, these aren't even interpretations. Yeah, these are just bald, basic, not got a clue yeah. about what's in there um, when it comes to the social but, but distancing. No, let's or, be honest. We, we, we go through it and we read it. But I've had customers ring up wanting to make crazy ass bookings. Yeah. And you're like what, like, what guidance are you under? What are you reading? They just don't care. But a couple of guys are walked into your pub the oh, other day for yeah. lunch. Monday, Monday lunch. <laughs> I, was out, I was cleaning in the pub and. And uh, I walked outside, and there was a group of six people. I said, hi, can I help? And they went, oh, can we get some lunch? <laughs> like, it's almost like you guys paid them to wind me up. I was like, guys, you can't do this. Yeah, and they looked yeah. at me I'll like I was... I'll you out with that later. Yeah. yeah, but they looked at me like I was a crazy one. And it's just <laughs> like... You weren't naked. <laughs> covered, in, covered in blue paint. <laughs> just wearing a chef's hat. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I just... I, I, That's why he's in hiding now. But this is the thing, though. The sooner we just... We can... You know, it's scary what's going on, but the sooner we can get back to operating at some normal level, we'll just be enough restrictions gone and get on with our lives and yeah. never trust this government again in our life with anything. I mean, it, I think you know, the, the, the thing also that sort of struck me, we saw the uh, local government association has told councils, you know, follow the latest government advice. Um, mm. Stop it, reinterpreting it adding bells and whistles and gold yeah, plating and all it. the rest of it. they gold plated. That's part of the problem. Um, but they've also suggested the government stops changing the rules with days to go, a bit like the, the indoor payment thing. Um, you know, they, they turn that round. Uh, yeah, they, the turn, day, they, they can turn that around, but we can't do takeaway booze until the 12th. You know what I mean? Like, they turn around the most stupid things. Like, how on, just take a credit card machine outside and take payment. What's the issue? What's, why, I think why it's, it? it's more for people without credit card machines. So rural pubs that uh, uh, don't have the either the signals or the equipment Fuck. or things like that. So you can go, go and pay cash inside. I Just, mean, there's there's elements. There's of a quick conversation before. You know, let's wind it back a bit. If there is any conversation around hospitality, anyone that's that, that has that should be in any high position in our would go through that stuff as a matter of course. It's the most basic building yeah, like decision-making. How does it work? How does an operator work? How does a business work? Can we do this? No government, that doesn't work. That doesn't work for us. I'll tell you why, I'll explain why. Yeah. Okay, cool, we get it. Instead of the government, the government looked like they've just got no idea. Do they go out? They'd save themselves a bunch of hassle, wouldn't they? Yeah, because it just looks stupid. Everybody, Every operator yeah. I know goes, what? You know that joke I sent you about all the, the rules that just contradict each other? Yeah. Oh, was that a joke? Oh, it was a joke. Oh, yeah, okay, it, was, well, it, was like a, it was a joke in the government again. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's, oh, I don't know. It's, it's soul destroying. I mean, the, the other concern as well is that this the, the new track and trace system potentially is going to lo- uh, alert local authorities and, and users if there's been a case in your site. So, um, as I think as one operator sort of said to me the other day, that's basically like the equivalent of having a plate cross on your. Well, it's like having a stabbing in your pub, isn't it? No yeah. one's going to go to your pub. Yeah. 
and it's going to be I mean? spread wide and all customers who've been in will get a notification that there's been a case and that person visited, even though they will have been to a supermarket. Yeah, and, these, yeah. these are the same people who are scared of getting a blood cut after the AstraZeneca of 79 people. Mm. These are the same people. They're, they're so worried about being that 79th person. They're so worried they won't come to the pub. Mm. And it'll just, you know what I mean? Like, are you going to get any sort of compensation from the government for massive drop in turnover? Of course not. No. But, but hopefully you've got business interruption insurance and that will sort it out in time. But are you, what happens? Are they going to shut you down if you've had a case in your business? No. What are they going to do? No. You have two cases? What are they going to shut you down? Three cases? But isn't this the... This is the... Yeah. Yeah. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's move on. This is the Lock-In Podcast, and with us today, we've got special guest Chris Jowsey, CEO of Admiral Tamons. Hi, Chris. Thanks for joining. Hi, Ed. Um, I mean... Let's, let's, before we, we get into the Mises, we're going to be talking about sort of your thoughts on, on the vaccine. We're, we're days away from the start of reopening um, as we record this. How much of your estate are you hoping to, to get open, Chris? I think on Monday we'll have about 460 pubs reopening on the day itself. Um, and I think we'll be at 500 by the end of the month. So okay. absolutely lots and lots of people out there desperate to, to get open and trading and meet their customers again. I mean, that's, well, that's about a little over half of the estates. Well, it's, it's a bit more. It's about 60% of the English pubs, because uh, obviously it's different in Scotland and Wales, unfortunately. Wales, we don't have a, a date yet. It's yeah. criminal, but there you go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I mean your, your estate is, is um, in the main wet lead as well, and you've had a pretty rough run of it generally, haven't you? Yeah, so about um, probably about 80% plus uh, is wet lead. Um, and... Uh, yeah, they're all community pubs. Um, they all serve their local towns and suburban places and, and, and villages as well. And they've been fantastic. You know, licensees have worked their socks off to support their community. And I, I do feel as if they've been let down a little bit. I think the trade associations have worked really hard. But uh, most of the measures that have been put in place, uh, apart from the grants, have been to support mainly food-led I'm delighted for them. You know, I'm, I, this is all about hospitality, sticking together, to be fair. Mm. So I'm really delighted for them. But I think there should be more support for wet-led pubs, um, whether that's extending VAT to alcohol or reducing beer duty in pubs, etc. There's, there's lots of ways of doing that. And they should be rewarded for all the work they've done to keep their communities going. Mm. I, I guess one of the one of the, the, the good things is the... Um, the drop of that substantial meal uh, element. You must be quite pleased that that hasn't uh, reared its head again. Absolutely. I, to be fair, I think there's a lot of credit to Sasha Lord. I think his, uh, his legal case uh, may not have had an outright win, but I'm sure it made him think twice about reintroducing a substantial meal. And, and that whole concept of, you know, you don't get coronavirus if you're eating something, I just I find that one of the weirdest things I've heard for a long time. I mean, that just makes no sense. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, we, we wanted to talk to you because um, you've, you've been uh, uh, quite vocal on, on the vaccine uh, passport issue. Uh, well, certainly you've talked to us about it, so that makes you quite vocal in my book. Um, it, it's a really sort of hot topic. I mean, what, what's the sentiment from you? What, you what's, what, what is your uh, view and approach to, uh, to the topic? I, I, think, I think it's one of the craziest things that have been suggested so far. I, I, cannot, I cannot get my head around why it is necessary or even helpful. Um, and if you think about how many young people work in our pubs, 
are they really saying that young people who work in pubs won't be able to go and work in them until they've had the vaccine? Because at the minute, it looks as if that would be July at the very earliest. Mm-hmm. So, well, besides the employment implications, I think it's incredibly discriminatory. Um, I think it goes against everything that pubs are about. You know, you pop down the pub. Yeah. You don't plan it. You don't go get your vaccine passport and then make your way in. Um, and the notion of standing outside whilst and queuing to sort of show your passport before you're allowed on the premises is madness, especially when you can walk into any shop at any point and not have to show it. Mm. Um, and that, you know, ultimately, um, I, I keep, I, forgive me for this, I keep going back to Allo Allo. Do you remember that comedy program? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I keep thinking of good moaning with the policeman wandering into the pub and asking to see somebody's papers to prove that they've had COVID, you know, a COVID uh, vaccination. I mean, I, you know, where does this stop and start? It's just crazy. Um, and it, it feels really, really anti-pub and it feels very, very discriminatory. I mean, how, how easy is it going to be to police? Um, I mean, like you said, uh, what, I mean, yes, they're, they're, they're going to be expecting uh, operators to be to be checking it. But if the operators kind of go, you know what, oh, do we? I mean, what are they going to be sending well, to the council? They'll send council people around to check. And you think that's, yeah, but can, they've got the resources to do that? Right. Do every do you know I mean? Is it just a case of fear and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's not forget as well that police are sometimes going into pubs and saying, show me your house keys to prove you're from the same household. Yeah. Now, when we live in that kind of society, then I, I get really nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not what pubs are about, and it's not what this country is about either. Chris, is James here. Just a, a quick question sort of relating to it. Um, the prospect of a vaccine passport, um, the prospect of having to take details of all six people rather than just the, the lead booking, if you like, um, pubs having lost the opportunity to have off sales in this last um, lockdown. As you said there, it's clearly an anti-pub agenda. It would be very difficult to argue otherwise because there's some very specific things that are definitely targeted the pub. How effective do you think we've been as an industry to actually get the ear of the government? Because it's a big bugbear of mine that in you or any of us around the table here could have five minutes with a decision maker in the government well, and show them just how ridiculous did, but you went to play golf <laughs> yeah, no, 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 but after the, after the horse had bolted but um, it just seems to me that we seem to do, be patting ourselves on the back with key individuals who have made a difference what effing difference because I'm not seeing it I, th- I think do you know what I, I, I wouldn't have a go at the trade bodies I, I think they've worked tirelessly on our behalf and I think they presented our case really well I think the problem is there is a very small group of people within government that's actually making the key decisions, and it's a very small group. And I think getting to that group is difficult. I think they're arrogant. I think they are prejudiced in what their view of pubs and people are all about. And I think they're incredibly outdated, actually. Um, So I don't think they understand what pubs do nowadays, Um, and they're so divorced from reality. It's, It's very difficult to get the message across. But but. I have to say, with all the trade bodies, I think they've done a really powerful and hard-working job on our behalf. I think it would have been worse. And I know that doesn't help, James, but if mm-hmm. it could actually have been worse than it currently is. Well, that was my question, bodies. really, is, is, you know, if, if they've stopped 
80% of the nonsense coming through, then that's great. It's just very difficult to get a feeling that we've we've been heard because some of the decisions are just so moronic. Yeah, and I, but I think if you, you know, if you read the papers over the last 12 months, and one of us should go and do that, then there were lots of crazy ideas being floated in the press and only a fraction of them actually got into practice. Mm. So I, I do think a lot of even worse things were, were sort of pushed back and, and prevented from happening. Now, that's not a lot of uh, not a lot of help when you've been shut. Probably most of our pubs have been shut since the beginning of November. Yeah. So we're talking six months, you know. And we we thought we thought the first lockdown was tough, but six months over winter is incredibly tough for people. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's hard to think of it. It could have been worse, but I think it could have been. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you sort of said then some of the stuff that's being floated and, and talked about that didn't come through. I mean, do you? How, what's your sense then with the vaccine passports? Because, as, again, it's the same old thing. It's lots of speculation, lots of uh, ideas and, and things being leaked to, to the press from government. I mean, do you think that this is something that's likely to come in or, or is it going to be one of these uh, issues that sort of uh, is a bit of a red herring? I think we've fought it off for Monday, and I think we've fought it off for May the 17th, obviously, because he's kind of committed to that. Mm. Um, I'm nervous about June the 20th or 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very nervous that they'll try and say you can only get rid of social distancing if you have vaccine passports. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't think we should entertain that trade-off whatsoever. Uh, that was going to be my question, actually. Yeah, that was going to be my question. If, if you were offered the opportunity of saying you can open up without any restrictions, this goes to you two as well. Mm, yeah. If you could have no social distancing, trade as normal, but you've got to check a vaccine passport, would you go for it? No. No, James? No. No, and Chris, no. You're, you're dead set against it. And we should make a bloody fuss about it too. Mm. You know, I think enough's enough now. I think there is, you know, enough is enough. No more mm. trading now. Either follow the science, provide the evidence... And move on. To we'll piss I mean? off, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what happens though if if some of the industry goes, yeah? Because there is sentiment within. I mean, when we oh, do polls and industry, we talk to some of the industry threatened to reopen when we were told not to, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I think there's talk and there's there's action. Yeah. Um, and I think as we should get to get. It's time to get together. If 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 any more of this penal stuff comes through without suitable evidence, of course, if we get a wave and people's lives are at risk and we have to adjust the way we trade, we will do. And I don't think the, the trade have ever backed away from being responsible and doing a damn sight more than we were asked to on a daily basis within the pub. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm just... I, I don't think we should be seen as a, a trade that's not taking this seriously. But if, if for example, say, Chris, one of your um, one of your peers in, in one of the big six pub codes actually went, actually, yeah, we're going to do it. I mean, what position... How would that affect... I mean, it would be a sort of divide and, and rule, wouldn't it? Well, so... From the conversations I've had, um, as, as James has said, I think the vast, vast majority of people will just say no. Mm. We're, we're really clear. Remove all the restrictions in June, as you promised to. Um, you know, I'm sure there'll be one or two people who think they could do it. Um, I would say to them now, if you really think you could do it, you haven't thought through all the implications and the consequences. Mm. Because I think it will be an operational nightmare, if nothing else. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And, and I guess June the 21st, um, I mean, we, we've been told initially that that would be the end to restrictions. 
I mean, I'm, I'm nervous with, with all the talk that's going on. Um, the fact that, that Boris has kicked the can down the road with regards to the vaccine said, ruled out April, ruled out May, not ruled out June. I mean, are you, are you either, any of you expecting a, a complete lifting of restrictions? No, on no, 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 no chance. No. no. What about you, Chris? Uh, I'm, I'm still going to fight like hell for the end of all restrictions as committed to by the Prime Minister. Uh, on that 21st of June um, I I think it would be a mistake to do anything else um, like like you guys I think if something changes fundamentally then obviously we would reevaluate because we want to keep people safe I mean, what we do is look after customers so we want to keep people safe but given what we can see in front of us at the minute there is no reason not to lift all restrictions at the end of June and of course, Boris has been an entirely trustworthy character um, throughout all this, and we can rely on his word. Um, it's pretty much done. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think, yeah, it's done deal, done deal. Brilliant. Okay, well, I think that is, uh, we shall leave that one there. But Chris, thanks very much for joining yeah, thank us. Thank you, Chris. Cheers, Chris. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Al. So, I mean, Chris, uh, perhaps a little bit more optimistic than you two bastards. Well, I think different. He's also got responsibility of a bigger business to care what people think about and must be seen to be True. positive I mean I don't know I think the guy's you know dead straight and clear what he thinks but I I have no reason to think that there's no evidence for me that Boris will play a straight bat oh, of course not they mainly honestly we know they hate our trade they're just going to use there'll be another reason why we can't do that and they'll push for these vaccine passports next thing will be like living in China do you know what I mean? We'll be having everybody have to show. Sure you lived in China. I mean, can well, I just food will be good. Point yeah. out there seems to be a real sort of thing. It's you. It's living in China, North Korea. I mean, there's a bit of an Asian oh, flavour. Food. He loves yeah, the food. I love the food. But I'm talking about. I'm talking about the repress. You know, the repression. The repressive re- our regimes over there. What? Really easy for me to say. Um, but what is it? The the Chinese security services can find any dissident within five minutes. They're all tracked. We'll end up with that. The, the way these apps are going to work, the way they're going to work track and trace. They'll be able to tag on, they'll be able to tag information. It'll always be running in the background. And, you know, I, don't, I just don't, like, I don't trust the government enough. You know what I mean? Have you got his tin for that? Yes. Excellent. Good. Okay, let's leave that there. Listening to the Lock In podcast, don't forget to subscribe to this on the homepage using the links available, like, share, and comment. So, we're, we're looking at um, the challenges that operators are facing as, and uh, well, we're recording this pre opening by a few days, but uh, from next week we will be open. So, we're looking at some of the issues that are going on there. Now, one of the things we, we've seen of uh, in recent weeks has been. Um, a real sort of explosion in people going into sort of cook at home sort of services, sort of reheat at home or uh, meals in boxes and things like that. Now, I mean, Heath has a very strong opinion on this because uh, he would argue he's been doing this from the start and other people are a bit late to the party. Um, but are they missing something? Don't are know, you like missing something? I, I, mean, I don't know what's going on. I keep on seeing, like, on you know social media, I keep on seeing operators, we're launching our first box. And I'm thinking... Am I missing something here? Like, do they have they got something they know, Boris? But I was speaking to somebody I know earlier, and she said, "Oh no, because people won't be able to get into all the businesses because they'll be so busy that people are still going to barbecue at home and have boxes at home, and it's still going to be a strong thing." I don't know, man. I'm so done with boxes. I'm so done with food, like takeaway food. I'm so done with Deliveroo, Uber Eats. I just want to go and sit in a restaurant. 
So I don't know. Maybe I'm just being. Oh, I mean, it's a fair point, though, isn't it? Because let, let's be honest, it's going to be tough to get into places. Yeah. Uh, you are going to be booking. Everyone's going to be sort of. You can't pop to, to the pub. Yeah. You can't pop now. That all spontaneity and uh, mm. popping out for a drink or a meal is gone. So maybe there's uh, there, there's a good idea in, in keeping these guys. I mean, it's a bit strange that they're only just starting. Don't know. To do it it's now. just. Um, but it's almost like the cash has run out or something, and they just I don't know like. It's weird. It's a weird time. When all pubs are launching, you're launching a, a, a box, you know? That's weird. I don't get it. I don't. Because I think, you know, you can buy all the right ingredients. You just need to be someone to put them together for you. Yeah. Not do the washing up. So, mm. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I think we're, we've talked ourselves into it being to be an opportunity rather than actually being an opportunity. Well, look at, we spoke about that with, with the lady coming on with Hawksmoor and Joe, you spit flat iron mm. to run their, their, delivery, mm. their delivery box yeah. thing. And you're thinking, how much of their business is going to, how much of that's going to fall away when pubs open and restaurants open? You know, I just can't, I don't know, man, it'd be interesting. Maybe we've got it wrong. Maybe they're going to be, it's going to be a massive cult, food culture going forward. Everybody has boxes delivered and they cook their Well, I mean, you, know. you look at the, the success of uh, things like HelloFresh and Gusto yeah. and all these kind yeah. of things. Uh, the, there's, there's been, um, uh, I mean that's grown massively well, you saw, in, in lockdown, and it was growing before because yeah. people want to to pretend that they're cooking and that they're they're a chef and they're, they're but they're being given it's, it's cooking by numbers, isn't it? Yeah, it's I suppose I suppose like like we, we heard know, the, the cost is expensive. These boxes aren't cheap to do. Yeah. They shouldn't be because it's great ingredients and the chefs want to be proud of it. So actually, it's it's a night out in. But it's not something you can do every day, you know what I mean? It's not like nipping to the pub. Then it's the theatre of it, isn't it? If you can't get to the pub because it's all fully booked and you really like the brand of, of pub or whatever, um, then getting a meal kit from that pub, showing off to your friends or neighbours, maybe. Uh, yeah, but it's a nice extra. Good. It's not, you know... It's not every but day. The HelloFresh and Gusto are meant to be... Every day kind of a shopping thing. trip away from you, right? And they can deliver it fresh and you want to do it and, and all the rest of it. I get that. But these aren't... You, you're living... You, you know, this is like eating out every night. So yeah. is it sustainable? But this is a, well, this is the premium version of, of yeah, Gusto. But, and, uh, yeah, but would you build a business around that? Well, some are, aren't they? I mean, but, are they, but some, some, really, some, some are really building businesses. I think... No, but, but it, it, would it replace... That's just a really strong business. Do you know what I mean? Would it replace I the business? Know. I, think, I, think, really I, think, I think it's a nice addition if you can still do it after, mm. after lockdown. But I, I think people just want to get back to pub. They just want to get out. Like, they, like I... I don't want to cook. I don't want to be mm. doing anything at home. I don't want to be at home. Mm. That's not, not because of my wife. It's just, <laughs> just, just don't want to be at home well, anymore. We got to make that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I can see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but so look at. Let's look at delivery. You guys have been doing delivery. Yeah. You've you've had pretty yep. good success yep. with yeah, uh, with delivery. Yeah. Um, what about carrying it on? We Once won't deliver. We'll, I think at the Red Lion, I'm going to... But uh, you'll do takeaway. Yeah, we'll do takeaway, definitely. And mm. I think we'll deliver on Sundays because what we found is we've got loads of old and vulnerable people who live around us who don't want to leave the house. Um, so we'll carry on doing delivery to them on Sundays. I think, you know, it's a nice touch. And, you know, it, it's not going to cost us much to do. So, you know, we'll keep them happy and stuff. But, and, and from Lockhart, what's... Uh, are you going to carry uh, on with the takeaway? Collection, collection only. Collection. We've got a lot of old and vulnerable people who just don't care as much. <laughs> Sorry, I, I you're taking I, I, a sip of your beer. I was going to say, I almost coughed beer all over the microphone. It, it seemed now, the and, perfect uh, time to do yeah, it. Um, yeah. The takeaway here is a bit more. It's a bit more widespread. You know, yeah. getting to it, and um, frankly, I'm doing it, so no. 
and your car's electric and it's only got about three miles per charge. charge. Uh, at least you're saving the planet. Yeah. At least you haven't crashed it. That's uh, again yeah. my main thing. But um, I uh, but I mean, what about the practicalities of that then? So how do you how how are you going to manage um, the 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 takeaway operation alongside the E2? Yeah, but you're not going to have all your covers, are you? So you're going to have less capacity. You've got less capacity inside, so you hopefully can just top you know the side up with the other. So my question is: Yes, okay, we're talking about immediate, short term. Yeah. Come the twenty first, when all restrictions are lifted by this magical uh, yeah. prime minister that we trust yeah. implicitly, Gandalf, that he's going yeah, to stick yeah. to his uh, his word because he's such a trustworthy character. Are you going to carry on with takeaway and yeah. nothing? Yeah. yeah so yeah. then you're yeah. back, but, but then you're I, back to full capacity. Yeah, but I don't think you are going to be back full capacity because I think no one's really going to want to be inside. Mm. I think if like it's going to be summer. People are going to want to go to the back into normal. Then yeah. Yeah. Oh. Just on a practical note as well, like when we did um, Mother's Day, we were knocking out meals every five minutes for delivery and collection. You're never knocking out meals every five minutes in a normal service. Mm-hmm. So when you're well drilled and you're quite good at it, it takes you a while to get it sorted. It's actually a decent revenue, you know? Yeah, you do. Yeah. And, and if you're confident enough with your offer that you don't have to discount it wildly or have to give away mm-hmm. over half it to, you know, a, you know, well, let's say delivery because they're going to kick it anyway mm. um, so we might as well get stuck in um, then you should keep doing it it's a really nice add-on how do you maintain the standards internally for the customers that are eating in though um, that they don't suffer because yeah, you're think pumping flow, stuff out of the kitchen you've got to think yeah you've just got to control the flow don't you so all the orders that are coming through you look at the checks you look at your bookings you know I mean it's management you look at what's going on okay cool you can't do a delivery at 8 o'clock or collection at 8 o'clock because we're too busy we can do one at 7.30 yeah. You just, you, you've, you've got to have the foresight and the intelligence to work out how to... And I think we've had a lot of practice of that in the last yeah. year. Yeah, so absolutely. I think, you know, I mean, I think we've had a... I'd hate to be a new operator trying to do that and restart your business and get all your staff going and try and do takeaway. You know what I mean? I think, so how, how would you suggest that they... Uh, somebody who's new to... What would you suggest they do? What's the, well, just what's maybe the maybe your takeaway menu's not as big as your normal menu. Right. Maybe you cherry-pick all your, your best sellers and put them on stuff that's quick, fish and chips, burgers, stuff that you can... Bash out! Don't try and do a full menu, um, and have and invest in great takeaway packaging. Like we said yeah, before. and just make sure your timings, and you know, maybe not try and take all your booking. You know, if you're a smart operator anyway, you're not going to have all your bookings at one time anyway. You want to stagger them, and then you can drop the food in, takeaway food in. And price point. Um, I mean, one of the things that that's been a feature of operating under lockdown is you've all pretty much stuck to your standard prices. Uh, you haven't been yeah. sort of doing it at, at lesser. And to a certain extent, there's a degree of um, consumers of accepting that because of the situation. Yeah, um, I think so. What you, do you, but I still think there's, I know what you're getting at, but I still think there's a cost to takeaway packaging. Mm. And, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, some of the boxes we use are really expensive. So do you, do you think that, um, so yeah, I, I guess there's, there's issues with packaging and things like that but people generally expect uh, a lower price point for a for a takeaway alongside your, your sit-in prices and as i say you get away with it on um when you were locked down but can you can you justify the same price for a fish and chips in a box that you take home as opposed to a fish and chips in the pump you can do whatever you want well you can't do whatever funny, you want if you're investing in really good packaging um I think you've got to be bold with your prices. Yeah, but you go to a chippy in this country, they're not, unless you're going way up north, they're not cheap. Do you know what I mean? I think, you know... It's not a race to the bottom we're in. Yeah, like, it's nice if you get it, but, like, you know, we're not... 
we're not trying to do so, so, so your 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 view and your advice would be stay punchy on your costs what you do but invest in in decent packaging it's not cheap to, no you can see it honestly and, and you, you know by the lack of complaints you know we don't have food arrives hot um, mm. particularly actually if you, if you take away the delivery piece then it's down you, you know it's down to the individual to get it home quickly as well yeah. but when you're delivering it they don't care that you are stuck in traffic no yeah, I must admit, I've had a few disappointments from a well-known pizza chain in which uh, food has arrived stone cold. Yeah. So, yeah. Which uh, isn't fun. Cool. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's park that one there. You're listening to the Lock In podcast. Myself, Ed Bennington, Heath Ball, and James Cuthbertson, who is actually here not playing golf. I'm not going to let that one go. Um, we're going to do a, a bit of a tasting session now. We've got a few new beer launches and relaunches here to try and discuss. So, James, you can open up that one. Uh, first up, it's not a new beer, but it's a new can. This is uh, Four Pures Lager. So, um, what we're going to say, it looks better. It, it, what the beer or the can? Well, the can, if it's the same beer, that's a uh, can. Yeah, it's better. Next so, one. Well, let's get the taster out of the way, shall we? Smile to us. So try, Heath, get off your phone and taste yeah, the beer. Sorry. I know you love beer. Tastes like beer. Do we like it? This one. I mean, to be fair, they're pretty. It's a bit uh, thin. They're pretty. Uh, is a bit, a little bit thin, but their tasting notes are aroma lager, mouthfeel lager. Flavour notes, lager. So they spelled lager wrong. They have spelled that. <laughs> um, but I mean, this is more. This is a, a four point two percent cold se- day, hot day session. Yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. Um, so the main thing for this On is the rebrand. Prison. Yeah. So I don't know if you remember their previous yep. brand yep. or not, but what do we think of the rebrand? What does it say? It says uh, for for pure nice. lager. Mm. Yeah, it's fine. Stand out? Would it? Yeah, yeah. Would it stand yeah, out? Yeah, well, yeah, it will because it's it's big riding. <laughs> What if they got a bigger can? They could have even bigger rice. Could have a big they can. I mean, this a is a three thirty mil can. Big rising. I mean, it's uh, it's clean though, isn't it? It's simple. It's, 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 it's clean till you it's, touched it's quite, it. Well, that's true. James has also Come on, been handling Let's get the next one out. Right. Okay. Would you stock it? That's the <laughs> main. Stop it. Would you stop it? Would you stop it? Would you stop it? I'm just going to neck it. Would Would you stock it? Yeah. 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 It's light and crisp. It's a good. I think it would be a good festival beer. Yes. Oh, like I can see you at a festival. You, yeah, no. Golf you, festival. You, you, yeah. You Golf and your gumboots trudging around Glastonbury. I'm going festival. I'm going to my festival. Right. Okay. Moving on. We've got a new launch from the guys at Hushheath, uh, better known for their wines under the. Huh? I'm pointing at you. It's called Hushheath. It's called Hushheath. Balfour brand. Oh, sorry. What are you putting me for? I don't you, know, you're, you're the wine. You're the wine. Richard Balfour Lynn, no? But, um, but um, in, I always find it interesting when winemakers make, make beer, and there's quite a few of them that do it. There's some Australian guys in Tasmania who do it as well, and it's always interesting. Curiosity to have it. as well. Yeah, yeah. and there's some. Yeah, they always. Oh, oh, they're two different yeah, sorts. Let's, let's so we've got. Lager, so yeah, let's, let's start up. Uh, first yeah. up is Jake's Lager. The beer range is called Jake's. Uh, there's two. We've got a, a Lager and an IPA. So let's try the Lager first. It's a five percent beer available in 330 ml cans or 30 litre kegs. I always think they use more like winemakers think about. You know, flavors a lot more. There's a lot more. They, you know, what I mean, they're really they're so used to making wine, and then they. Yeah, that's nice. It's, it's got a lot more body to it, and a lot more flavor. There's yeah. I mean, this is. Um, they they describe it as a traditional pilsner style with an English twist. I like it. It's quite nice, yep. isn't it? Nice and refreshing. Nice, good. Um, branding. What do we think? Nice. This is. It, uh, it needs to be done properly. It's 
it's kind of rather it, floral. It, it was quite good ten years ago. It looks right. like flock that's wallpaper. Sort of Remember upset yeah. flock wallpaper? It's that kind of hop comb thing. It's every design that, that, that gets us to a beer label starts with that kind of character yeah. hop thing. Mm. Average. It's, yeah. It was sort of like a NAF cider brand. Well, they do do cider as well, so maybe the branding was maybe created for the cider, and it's. Uh, it's just yeah, but, yeah, so but the juice is lovely. By the way. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think that's. Yeah, I think that's better than the last one. Yeah, it's got yeah, more yeah. body to it, hasn't it? Right. Um, so IPA. IPA. Have I got the uh, he's hogging the IPA. So um, this is Jake's IPA. It's a session oh, it's IPA at four point five percent. Again, three hundred thirty mil cans, thirty kegs. Similar branding, uh, it's green rather than blue. I'll pour myself some, shall I, James? Thanks for that. That was really kind of you. What do we think? Sorry, the ABV on that four is 4.5. It smells punchy. I don't, I'd want more body than that. I, I thought the lava was fantastic. Yeah, I think this is a bit I thin. It's a bit thin, yeah. Mm. If I'm honest. Sorry, folks. Um, yeah, I mean. Branding that's, that's more, more you, you, you're not a fan of the branding, but do you think it has a standout on the shelf, or is it going to no. get lost in your flock wallpaper no. in your pub? Yeah, not, not it kind of looks like a fun soft drink. That's what it looks like. I've decided. Okay. More soft drink than does beer. Would you stock it? Uh, that first, the I'd stop the lager. Yeah, lager on draft would be better. This IPA needs more body to it. Needs more about it. And you know about big bodies, James. I do. I do. Oh. I don't want to, I, nearly went, <laughs> I nearly went proper dark, but I nearly no. had to stop. Let's move on, right. let's move on. Right, Next. and uh, finally we've got a couple of beers um, taking inspiration from Down Under. G'day, mate. Throw a few uh, oh, shrimps on the barbie, Heath. Oh, um, you, sound, you sounded like, you, you, the way you, your accent there sounded, I think, probably Byron Bay, so, if I was going to nail it down. Well, these two are from Round Corner Brewing and they're New Zealand-inspired beers. So, oh, really? Um, yeah. Oh, we don't, so, so, we don't say throw day? something on my barbie, mate. Good day, mate. Yeah. Good day, Australian, mate. It's almost casual racism. This is not the same. Right, Round Corner Brewing. Right, first one. What have we got? We've got um, 10, 10 hours, hours in LA. In LA. That is uh, using kiwi... <laughs> you can pronounce this, Heath. Kiwi Rawaka hops. Is that correct? Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. Rawaka. Sorry? Rawaka. Right, that's not what I said. Wow, yeah. 5.6. Picking, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 5.6 ABV, so it's punchier. West Coast IPA. Oh, here we go. So, inspired by the notoriously long layover that's a rite of passage for all Kiwis who fly to the UK. Nice. Yeah, that's it's true. Fun. You always get stuck in the really shit room at uh, LAX <laughs> for so long. It's painful, and there's only one vending machine in there. So this beer was made for you, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. What's the other one? What do we think, uh, taste? Well, let's, let's, let's... Just come brush your head, James. Looking, Calm down. What's, uh, what do we think, taste-wise? Uh, really nice, I like it, yeah. yeah. Nice, citrusy. Mm. Got some um, sort of resonance. It's got a bit more Pops depth to it than the, uh, than the yeah. other one, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, what about the, the branding, the can, what do we think? Uh, yeah. Well, actually... It looks like kids' crayon letters. Yeah, I need a little something on the front to give me a clue, really. Yeah. There's nothing there, front to the front. There's, there's a massive, there's a massive have, C on there. Have, yeah. There's a massive, just cut a massive, C, cut a massive C's on here as well. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm surprised James isn't a fan. But, uh, but, but look, if you look at that on the, on the shelf, yeah. you've got no idea what it is. No, no. That's a mistake. It does look a little bit like a soft drink, so maybe... No, it's, no, maybe it's, a it's just a mistake. Maybe the branding's a bit off. Um, I mean, would you stock it? Yeah, I would. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we've got okay. Mainland, mainland New Zealand Pilsner. Excellent. Mainland's what we call the South Island. Right, I thought that was Australia. No. Okay, so not the mainland. Mainland, uh, mainland's. Yeah. So who's brewing this? 
This is Round Corner Brewing. I've never heard of them, but it's really good beer. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? So this is... uh, it's another lager. It's a mainland New Zealand hills lager. So a taste of home heath before you were banished. What do we think? I, t- I think that's really good. It's nice. I kind of like, I kind of like the sweetness on the back. Ooh, me too. Yeah. Big yeah. Time. Back of the palate. Really nice. Oh, this has only previously been available in Texas. It's now in 330 ml cans, brewed with Nelson Sovin hops. Thoughts on taste? I thought so. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, I like it. I think it's great. I think it's it, You know, it's not really hoppy. It's not ridiculously hoppy, it's no. quite pleasant. But it's still 5.2, it's still punchy. Yeah, you know good. what I mean? For a lot, it's great. Yeah, yeah 5.2. Is it 5.2? Yeah, it yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. All day long. Um, again, branding, though. Same same issues. Yeah, Massive C yeah, yeah. on only the that I, Only that I think the person that doesn't think about it isn't going to present it on the shelf the way they want it presented. Yeah, so it's always going to be... Because actually, you look at the way they want it presented, you're almost seeing the crease in the label. Yeah. It's a tricky one, but I'm hoping that... You can see it's been on keg before. Um, you said that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And you can yeah. see why, because it'd be a great keg beer. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that's all I brought. But I believe James Heath, you've got uh, got one oh, to. Uh, well, we we we've we've had a new toy installed at the uh, the Lockhart today. We've got an espresso martini machine installed. Excellent. Witchcraft, I know. Yeah. Um, and one of the guys who makes the mix for us, up, um, Hayden at um, Point Cocktails, bought some samples, and he bought this cocktail. He's done a lot of cocktails in cans, and he's done this peach and basil Collins at nine percent in a three hundred and thirty mil can. And this is available to the entree. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's yeah, I think he's, yeah. yeah at okay. Point cocktails. It's um, uh, and they and they see it as a um, it's like a two cocktail serving. Yeah, from I, a can. I've been out drinking with you, mate. There's no two like you want to do the whole thing. Yeah, I, yeah it's part of my cocktail. But so they do it. They do it. Two cocktails in a can, basically. Yeah. In terms of serves, yeah. In yeah. serves, yeah. So okay. they're doing they're doing keg keg cocktails for us, but it smells like uh, a kind of pizza. So this is what is it? Peach and basil, basil Collins. Yeah, is that a is that a well-known? Mm-hmm. A Collins, 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 the top Collins drink. Is yeah. obviously, as I'm aware that's of that. Really, that's that's really, really good. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Nine percent. Isn't that delicious? That, that is quite nice, that all day long. Right, so, so it's got um, victory again? gin, fresh basil, peach, bitters, lemon and soda. We're getting that put on keg as well down at the lockout and at the red line. Okay, so, so they do them in kegs too. They do them in kegs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't make any cocktail in keg. Nice, nice. Well, I, you know, we see this... Um, culture of I know I went on about last time you laughed at me the middle classes wandering the streets with the new spaniels before they realised they don't didn't you when you going to get a spaniel recently? I'm not allowed one you know that. <laughs> um, but before they realised that works can get in the way and that spaniel just going to rip the place what apart what dogs have you got Heath? Spaniels. two spaniels um, but you know they go around clutching their little Costa coffee mm-hmm. wouldn't you rather clutch one of these double cocktail for your little well I mean it's a little bit different isn't it I mean one's a coffee and one mm-hmm. could get you arrested Oh, oh here we go. What are you, Matt Hancock? <laughs> Jesus, Ed, calm down, Ed, son. Ed, Ed, <laughs> on your bike. Go back, drink one of these, get back home, and you think your relationship's fine. <laughs> you might even like your kids. You might, you might get, um, you might get romantic. There we go. Uh, I think uh, before this gets any more uh, messy, let's uh, let's park that one there. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast. We are almost out of time for this episode. Uh, but before we go, you know, we've been talking about we're coming up for reopening. We will be reopened by the time you're listening to this. Um, and we've been discussing the challenges and, uh, and opportunities within that. So, I mean, it's been a long time shot, guys. It's been a long time, mm. you know, a long... Uh, this feels longer than any other lockdown. Um, 
what's lots of people are quite anxious about getting back in. I mean, what, what, how do you two feel? Are, are you anxious? What, what is, what's the biggest worry? I think there's that. that also, the feeling I've got is almost like it's opening a new pub for the first time. You know, that, that anxiety, the stress, getting all the stock, the stock in, the staff organised. And you've got all that anxiety going on as well. You know, if I've done everything right, I've got that ordered, if I've booked that. Because you, you are basically restocking almost and starting again. And then you've got all that going on, but then you've got all the restrictions you've got to worry about as well. And then it's just, and what's your team going to be like? It's, I don't know. Can you wake up screaming in the night? No, no. I'd have to go to sleep first, Ed. Ah, okay. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think it's, it, it's quite nerve-wracking. I'm quite, I'm quite nervous and anxious and, you know, it's going to be, you know, I think once the doors are open and people start coming through and the first week, I think it's going to be brutal. I don't think there's going to be any hiding that first week. Um, well, what about you, James? Yeah, say all of it. Right about all of it. It's about having your party. Why would the normal turn up? With the story of your childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it still is, isn't it? That's one of where my parents would come home ever, actually. That's why you um, wanted to get the pub so you could have some friends. Yeah, exactly. Come around to my pub. Yeah. yeah. My kind of cover's been blown before we've even reopened. Yeah, um, yeah all of it, really. Um, the team, ability to put in a proper day's work, look for mm. the detail that you demand. Yeah. Customers behave themselves and don't go, you know, that'll be fine. But and you know it'll all be fine, but... Probably the biggest fear is being shut again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like all the money you've spent, you go in, you fire up, we get going, and the government, something happens, and they go, right, we've got to shut it all down again. We've dropped so much cash in the last 10 days, you know. And then it's just that, and you've got all that stock. So really want to trade hard in the beginning and try and burn through any stock from the, the, you know, that's paid for already, and then just try and get through and try and make it. The the, the interesting thing for me, actually, is is the level of, uh, still there's a level of confidence. I mean, just, just, on the on the street outside the Lockhart here, you know, you've got new sites opening up. Mm-hmm. You've got somebody building a fresh deck mm-hmm. across mm-hmm. the road, in and I don't know what's going in there. It used to be a chemist, but it obviously they're going to be, be a opening. French restaurant. Oh, yeah, so we've got yeah French restaurant. We've got a Italian restaurant over the way. There's a vegan coffee shop. I mean, that's going to be popular uh, mm-hmm. across the road uh, that's opened up. Um, Is it a vegan coffee shop? Apparently so. No, it's not. No, it's we had a sausage roll. We had sausage rolls in there from earlier. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, are they vegan sausage rolls? You just no, no, like we've got no palate. Yeah. We're like, these yeah. are amazing. <laughs> no, it's not vegan. It's just kind of brightening. Which you know, uh, you think that. Okay. Well, there you go. That's one and one of the same, isn't it? But I mean, that that's it. There's, 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 that's it. I mean, that, that's 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 a lot of confidence. It's also like le- leases signed before lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> that grab you? A lot of people pissing up their uh, pissing yeah. up their uh, pensions. I think they're also counting on everyone's. You know, like I think we're all quite optimistic in the sense that everyone's just going to go crazy and want to get back out. So I think everyone's counting on that, capitalising on that. I think you know you see a lot of oper- like a lot of lot of lot of big pub codes have spent some money recently, and how many people have put marquees up or built chalets like they got yeah. Leicester. Do you know what I mean? How well, I mean, let's talk about it. He's built a chalet, and he's been told he's got to tear it down. But, yeah. I mean, I, I'm surpri- slightly surprised. You do kind of go, I mean, the rules were fairly clear. No, it was 50%, 50% of your, like your, your structure must be open to the elements. Yeah. 50%. He built yeah. a structure that was a chalet with a, with a okay, granted. A, it's outside. A, 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 like a canvas roof or something. Mm. But, you know, just because it's never... Like, I don't know. You've got to have the sides open, haven't you? And yeah, you've got to, uh, it's got to be. And people, I think people want the security of that and the safety of feeling like yeah. they're actually getting away from COVID and stuff. But um, Again, yeah. we'll be, as we were before any, you know, this last lockdown, we'll be just good stewards. We'll do it right in the main. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, people are investing in structures, decks. I mean, Heath, anything particularly you're investing in? Um, well, I don't trust this government. I think if we get on the... the 
the root of uh, these vaccine passports. And basically, they're going to load information on us. They're going to track and trace us everywhere. I thought, fuck that. Screw building a um, marquee. I'm building a massive Faraday cage for everybody who wants to come out and not be tracked by the government. They can sit in my front garden, no phone signals, wife can't call them, <laughs> government can't watch them, nothing gets this, out. This isn't for your customers, is it? This is uh, purely know, for fact Sophia <laughs> can't contact you, is that? Yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as she doesn't find the burner phone, it'd be fine. And you're right, James. I mean, yeah, all these customers are men, by the sounds of that. Uh, yeah, another sweeping generalisation. It's both of you now. Very yeah. sweeping. I have not made it. When was what my... about the vegan thing over the road? That was just a kind of, they're brightening, there must be vegan. That's what one of your staff told shoes. me. Yeah, what, the vegan? Lydia the liar. Lydia the liar. That's going to stick. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, guys. Well, I think that is all for this week's episode. We're going to take a break uh, next week. Thank um, God for that. Thank God for that, yeah. I'm, I'm on holiday, and you two are lazy and won't do it on your own. So, um... Oh, we if we did it on our own. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. You two aren't allowed to do it on your own. We'd because get some, we'd get some guest speakers. Get some yeah. Kelly Brookham. Okay. Right, moving on. It's just weird. Mo- moving on. Right, don't forget to subscribe. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, like, share, all the usual stuff. Drop us your comments. Let us know uh, what you want us to talk about. Uh, and James will ignore it and talk about Kelly Brook by the sounds of it. But Bye. that is it. Thank you very much. They've walked off. Good night. Yeah.